Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Talking Booze podcast. We had to uh, release two this week. I had to pull these two boys back uh, for this one. Peter and Alex are joined uh, with me today. Chelsea won 4-0 against Crossdoor. We had to put out an episode here today. And um, we got to talk about a little preview with our lineups and score prediction for the Burnley-Chelsea game this weekend. So let's start it out. Um, Like I said, once again, Chelsea beat Crossdoor 4-0. Um, this should have happened. This did happen. Finally, Chelsea gets it done. We get a win. We don't get a draw. I want to stick away from the draws, and you know we'll get to that with, with the Burnley game coming up in a little bit. Um, let's start it off with the first half. Uh, it was a very tight game in the first half. I have to be honest. I think Crosador had a better first half than Chelsea. Uh, besides that, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi goal. And I think that if... Again, Kepa Rizabalaga was in goal. There definitely could have been a save or two that was missed by him, and Krasador could have easily gone up. Um, they definitely controlled possession, I would say. Uh, they were definitely you know, on on our side most of the first half. But luckily, Callum Hudson-Odoi uh, slid one through, and we got our first goal of the game. Let's start off with Peter. Peter, what did you think of this first half? Or, or you know what, let's go with the game itself. I thought it was there was a, a few positives and a few negatives. I mean, it was positive to see our defense, still not giving up a goal, have another clean sheet, third game in a row, which is really good to see. And also how seeing that our offense is actually able to score, although I didn't like Jorginho missing his bad penalty, even though we did get another one and Werner scored. But I, I just want to throw this out there. Do you guys think we should uh, replace Dragina as a penalty taker? Because he's now taken, uh, he's now missed two penalties in the same season. He's the first Chelsea player to do that since I think it was Oscar in like 2015 to 2016 season. And it's already, it's not even like anywhere close to the end of the year. Yeah, Peter, I agree with you. I think we should be handing over that job to Timo Werner. Um, he is our number nine. Um, obviously, he's not wearing number nine, but he is our number nine. Um, and he needs to be taking those penalties. And I think that will actually just boost his confidence, gives him more goals. Um, I think it's just a no-brainer for me. I don't understand why Jorginho needs to be taking the penalties. I get he's pretty good at them uh, with his little hopping thing that he does before he takes the penalty that Josh and I always make fun of him about, but uh, kind of the Bruno Fernandez style there. Um, 
But yeah, I think Timo Werner should definitely take over, um, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and we saw Timo Werner uh, with a penalty goal uh, in the 76th minute, and yeah, I think it was it was fine. It was an unfortunate handball, I would say, for for Krasendor. Bounced off the I forget what the player's name was, but the defender's chest I think was Polisic with the shot, um, and you know just a fortunate bounce for Chelsea hit off his arm or his hand. Uh, and, you know, Timo Werner was able to slot that in. Uh, most of the goals coming in, or at least three out of the four coming in the second half uh, in about 15, 20-minute uh, window. Timo Werner in the 76-minute, Hakim Ziyech got his first Chelsea goal. And that is exciting. I will take that. Um, hopefully he can get his first Premier League goal. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit um, on, on Saturday. But And then Christian Pulisic, um, I think, also got his first goal goal of the season am i wrong yes, i feel like first I'm... goal of the season yeah um, good seeing him get back in and tommy abraham really creating that chance you know running yep. down that ball uh, with the Krasendor uh defender so i was really happy to see him and the impact he had on that game um and so i was happy and seeing the link up between those two yeah it was good to see and our attack was definitely flowing in the last 15 minutes of the game and there's a there's a slight uh chance that i think the reason why we did so well, I'm not sure if it's directly Pulisic as as and the subs coming on and their performances, as it is more key Frank switching the formation, going to a four three three where Mountain Havertz are kind of it's less it's more attacking and because Mountain Havertz are two more attacking midfielders and having Conte as kind of like the lone holding midfielder. And then having obviously Ziyech, Werner, and Pulisic as the three up top, and having that instead, and I think that worked out really well. I think I think that might be something we might want to try out uh, this weekend at Burnley and see how that fares in a Premier League game. Yeah, and some other games that kind of, or, or I'll just go through a little bit of the games that kind of stood out a little bit. We had uh, Atlanta tying with Ajax the other day, or that was yesterday. PSG won. Uh, Juventus-Barcelona, I was watching that game. That was pretty good. It was a 2-0 win for Barcelona. Uh, And then Man United, another win coming in the Champions League. Now, I don't know what it is with Man United and the Champions League, but they have been doing pretty well. Um, Yesterday being Leipzig, a 5-0. It was a great game for Marcus Rashford, I believe. He got, yeah, yeah, he got a hat trick in that one. So, great game for him. And then... Uh, in our group, Sevilla won 1-0 yesterday. So that puts them at the same uh, the same amount of points as us in, what is it, Group E. So now we're, we're tied with Sevilla um, for first place in Group E. I don't know how that works, though. Uh, if Does it go by goals? And then are we uh, in first for that? Um, I'm not sure about the particular stats. It might be... Uh you know, the goal differential in the Champions League. But I think, you know, it's this early in the uh, campaign for the Champions League. Obviously, we're going to play Sevilla once again, and that's obviously going to be a critical game if we want to finish uh, atop of the group. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some challenge. We saw what Krasnodar um, was able to do to us throughout pretty much the entire game except for the last 15 minutes. Um, It was definitely a struggle. We had to fight hard. And luckily, we were able to get it done, but it definitely wasn't um, an easy pushover. So we're really going to have to uh, compete more in the Champions League group stage than I think many Chelsea fans uh, expected. 
Yeah, so just wanted to go off that point, Alex, uh, since since we didn't really have the exact um, standings. So Chelsea is in first, and it does go by goal differential of the last game. So since we had four goals and Sevilla only had one, we are on top of group number E. Uh, group number E, group letter E, uh, but it is tied in points between us and Sevilla, like you mentioned, 4-4. So, you know, a final game if it comes down to that, which, you know, it, it's it's scary. So hopefully Chelsea will be able to get it done, and I, I think it shouldn't be a problem. But again, we did tie with Sevilla. Um, so, yeah. I think it's going to come down at the end. It's going to come down to our head-to-head matchups with them. Is no offense to Ren and Krasnodar, but I don't think they're going to be the biggest challenge to either us or Sevilla. And obviously drawing with Sevilla in the first game means it's going to come down, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to the result of our next game with them. And that's going to determine who gets first and second in the group. All right, so that is going to be it for the Chelsea game against Krasnodar. Again, 4-0 win for Chelsea. Very exciting. Finally, it's not a draw. And now the game that we... Uh, recording this episode for the preview is going to be Chelsea versus Burnley at Stamford Bridge, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, which is going to be 4 p.m. if you're in the UK. And before we go to the formation, Kepariz Balaga has a shoulder injury. So I don't know what the deal is going to be with him, if he's going to be on the substitute list. Uh, but we did have a goalkeeper um, that was called up from our second team, and he was able to play or he was on for the third substitute behind Caballero in this one. So I don't know if that's, um, you know, any, anything major. I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, and then another thing, uh, Peter, you talked about it two games ago in the preview against Manchester United. Tony Rudiger, I guess, seems to be fine. Um, you know, nothing going on with the team because he did play against Krasador. And I don't know if we're going to be able to see him in this game. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. but. I just wanted to bring up that point that, yeah, I guess you were right that it wasn't really something going on within the team. They just, Frank just, I, I don't know. I, I'm still questioning what the deal is with that. But, I mean, you, you can respond to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respond to that now, Peter. What's up? I mean, I think it's just Zuma and Silva. They've shown that they're really, they really good pairing. And they've had a bunch of, they've done really well together. And I think it's just... He doesn't want Frank doesn't want to switch anything up that could harm it because the part so far Mendy Zoom and Silva have worked really well together and bringing in someone else although not in this game they didn't in against Kresno it didn't affect anything switching it up for multiple times multiple games isn't going to help it at all and it, keeping it having a solid pairing and keeping it together builds chemistry and they'll probably perform better. The only thing I don't understand, though, is that in some games we have uh, Fakayo Tomori, which I feel uh, Tony Rudiger is a better player than than Fakayo Tomori, and I think he just has him as a substitute instead of uh, Rudiger because maybe he's younger and he might want him to get playing time if uh, a center back you know wants to come out or has an injury. That might be why. Uh, but I think it's just interesting because if we're gonna go skill based, I would say Tony Rudiger you know has the experience and and is and is a little better than Fakayo Tomori. Um, so I'm, I'm still wondering why Frank wouldn't have him over Fakao Tomori, but anyway, enough about, <laughs> enough about Antonio Rudiger talk. Let's get into the formation. Uh, for this game, I'm, I'm once again, going to have a 4-2-3-1. So I'm going to go with the 4-3-3. Um, like Peter mentioned towards the end of that game, I think the 4-3-3 is the way that Frank really wants to go. 
And I'm going to go with that. Um, and I think he's going to test it out against the struggling Burnley side. Um, that's 18th in the table currently. So I think he's really going to, you know, not, I wouldn't say do experiments here with our lineup, but really try to cement um, a good starting system uh, for, you know, the upcoming games. Yeah, I agree. I also think Frank's going to roll with a 4-3-3. And I'll just go ahead and move into the goalkeeper, which I think is very, very, very obvious. I don't think there's any chance that anyone else would be in this position besides Menti, who's done way better than anyone expected him to do after coming in. Yeah, I have Edward Mendy as well. I think he's the number one, no doubt, in my mind, and I don't see him um, sitting on the bench anytime soon. Yeah, I'm going to have Edward Mendy starting as well. Uh, I think there's no competition for the goalie position right now. And again, Peter, like you mentioned earlier in this episode, three times now where Chelsea have not allowed a goal, that could be to the defense, but I think it's also to Edward Mendy, especially the game against Manchester United. Uh, the saves that he made were were amazing. They, I mean, they really were. The last save, I think, in the 90th plus minute um, what was the best one of the day. Uh, anyway, I'll move on to, uh, for me, I have four in the back, so I'll go left back first. It's going to be Ben Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and Kurt Zuma, that perfect pairing there. Uh, they've been very good in the back. And then I'm going to give... Uh, I was debating whether to give Azpilicueta a day off or not, and I think I am. I'm going to have Reese James starting in this game. So for my back four, I am going to have Chilwell on the left as well. Silva and Zuma. I was thinking about slotting Christensen or Rudiger in there, but I think Kurt Zuma gets the job next to Tiago Silva. And I think since we are playing a struggling Burnley team, I think Reese James won't be as big of an issue defensively. Um, so it'd be good to have someone who can get forward like he can. So I think he's going to be um, at right back. Yep, I completely agree with both uh, both of you guys. Chowa on the left, Silva Zuma in the middle, and Reese James on the right. And for my midfield, since I don't, I'm not sure particularly which version of the 4-3-3 we're going to run, but I'm assuming that it's going to be one holding midfielder and two more attacking midfielders. So I'm going to have... N'Golo Conte as the lone holding midfielder, and then Mason Mount and Kai Havertz as the two more attacking ones. So I have two holding midfielders because I'm doing the 4-2-3-1. I'm going to have Jorginho and Conte doing that. I think Kovacic played pretty well uh, yesterday, but I, I think they're going to have Hor- uh, Frank Lampard seems to favor Jorginho um, over Kovacic right now. So I think he's going to have him in the back. And then I guess I'll, I'll, I'll save my, my three at the front. So for my three in the midfield, I'm going to go with one holding, one box-to-box, and one attacking midfielder. I think uh, the holding midfielder will be N'Golo Kante. Um, box-to-box, I'm thinking Mateo Kovacic can do that slightly better than Jorginho, and Jorginho obviously has been playing a lot lately. Um, so I think Kovacic gets the start over him, and Mason Mount in that attacking role um, in the midfield where I really see him at his best. Um I was considering slotting in Hakeem Ziyech back there in the uh, attacking midfielder role. Um, We know he can play there as well, but uh, I think uh, he's not going to be starting there uh, on Saturday. So that's my midfield. Rounding out my team, I'm going to have the front three, and it's going to be the same. uh, It's going to end up having my team be the same team that ended the last 15 to 20 minutes that dominated Krasnodar. I'm going to have Hakeem Ziyech on the right. Kima Weiner up top, and Christian Pulisic on the left. 
Yeah, for me, um, I'm going to go with Christian Pulisic um, on the left-hand side. Only saw a little bit from him uh, on Wednesday, so I think he's going to get a starting role um, on Saturday. Hakeem Ziyech will be on the right side, in my opinion. And uh, giving Timo Werner a well-deserved break. I thought he was going to get one uh, against Krasnodar, but I think he will get one against Burnley, and I think Tommy Abraham will be starting up top after his uh, good performance when coming in uh, on Wednesday. All right, so uh, three up front for me. I'm going to have Christian Pulisic on the left side, Kai Havertz in the middle, and Hakeem Ziyech starting this game on the right side. And again, Timo Werner will start for Frank. Uh, he does not seem to want to get him out of that starting lineup and give him a break. So I don't see him giving him a break in this one. Um, that's going to do it for our lineups. And all right, so I think it's time to do our score predictions. Let's start off with Alex. Who's winning this game and what is the score? So when looking at Burnley, they're obviously solid defensively with Sean Dyche um, as their manager, only losing one nil to Tottenham. So I think it's going to be difficult for us. Um, But I do think we're going to get the win. I think, you know, they're going to be compact defensively. I'm not sure what kind of threat they're going to bring going forward. So I'm going to go one nil Chelsea win. I agree, Alex. I think it's going to be, they're going to pose way more of a threat defensively in stopping our attack than they are going to go going forward. So I think it's going to be I think we'll find a few ways through with the creativity of Ziyech, and I think we're going to win too now. I see Burnley getting a goal in this one, um, but I do see Chelsea on top. I think it's going to be a 2-1 final. All right, so that was our preview to the Chelsea-Burnley game, and that is a wrap for episode number 12 of the Talking Blues podcast, 12 episodes, and we're going to still be going, hopefully do at least once a week, uh, twice if needed, twice this week, because we want to talk about the cross door game and preview the Burnley game. Go give us a rating interview on Apple Podcasts, five stars, or wherever you listen where you can give a review. Please subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, and go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Uh, we tweet out every new episode there, so you can go uh, find out when our new episodes are out. It'll be on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I think that's everything. Please share on your social medias uh, and share on Twitter especially, uh, and tag us at Talking Blues Pod so we know you did so. Share with at least one friend, share with friends and family. Um, just share the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Once again, episode 12 is in the books. See you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.